Welcome to Splash, a podcast that is part of the disciple-making initiative of the Tennessee District of the United Pentecostal Church, creating Apostolic Network in every community. And I'm your host, Tucker Johnson. Welcome to Splash Today. Thanks for joining us on this podcast. Today's episode is going to be different than what we've created in the past. Instead of being an interview-style episode where we are asking questions to a guest, we are plugging in the first lesson in the eight-week course network, a disciple-maker initiative. This lesson will be on identifying my circle of influence, taught by our very own district superintendent, Brother Doug Ellingsworth. In this lesson, he will discuss how to identify your circle, the different types of circles, who is in each of these circles, and how these circles will change over time. This is where it all starts for a disciple maker, figuring out and recognizing who you are supposed to be reaching, who you are supposed to be bringing one step closer to God each and every day. This is the building blocks of this program. You do not want to miss any of this knowledge. So whatever you're doing, stop it, grab a pen and paper, take some notes, unless you're driving, take some mental notes. This is going to be a great episode with a great knowledge for us to gain. So listen up and pay attention, and we hope you enjoy. Have you noticed that when we pray and really want to show God just how committed we are, we often tell him, Lord, I'll go anywhere you want me to go. We humans have a difficult time living in the present. We romanticize the past, we fantasize about the future, and we wish away the present. Sometimes because nothing miraculous or spiritual is occurring at the moment, we think that in order to do the will of God, we must look for a different place or a different time. God doesn't want you to wait for a different time or a new place before you do His will. God wants you to do his will right now and right where you are. When Jesus wanted to teach Peter about making disciples, he didn't take him to a bigger lake or buy him a better boat or surround him with more talented fishermen. He didn't do any of that. Jesus used the lake Peter fished in every day and the boats he sailed every day with the men he worked with every day and the nets that Peter had cleaned and prepared himself to pull in the biggest catch Peter and his friends had ever experienced. Take a look around. Until God moves you, he has called you to do his work and his will right here. Welcome to Network, a disciple makers community. For the next eight weeks, we're going to explore how we can answer God's call and do his will in our own communities, with our own resources, and among our own friends. Together, We'll prepare our nets and let them down for a great catch. And the neat thing is, what we do here will transfer to anywhere God may lead us in the future. So to get started, let's begin with the basics. First, we use the terms disciple-making and discipleship interchangeably. Some would argue that the two are not the same, but our objective with network is to simplify everything so we can do what is most important. So when we talk about disciple-making or discipleship classes or discipleship programs, 
we're talking about the same thing. We're using the two terms to express the same process. To be a disciple is to be a follower or a student of a particular person or philosophy. And as we'll discover later, several times in the New Testament, we're encouraged to imitate God, which is the simplest way to describe a disciple of Jesus. So when we say we want to be a disciple of Jesus who teaches others to be disciples of Jesus, we are saying that we're committed to living like Jesus and teaching and encouraging others to do the same thing. Network is about disciples of Jesus making others want to be his disciples too. Discipleship then is the process of becoming a disciple. Discipleship is discovering and applying the systems that continue the work of transformation that Paul wrote about in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 when he said that if any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things pass away, all things become new. Paul identified the goal of this transformation as growing into the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ in Ephesians chapter 4. Discipleship is discovering the systems God has placed in his word and allowing them to transform our lives. That takes us to disciple making. Network defines disciple making as continually moving someone you have a relationship with closer to being like Jesus. That's it. Continually moving someone you have a relationship with closer to being like Jesus. Now, some pastors will define things a little differently. They'll make a distinction between discipleship and soul winning in similar terms. And that's okay. But we're putting all of those activities under the banner of disciple making. That way, various pastors can divide those activities however they desire, and we won't be confusing things for them or for you. One of our strategic goals is to make things as simple as possible so we can quickly move to the work that is most important. So when we talk about disciple-making at Network, we're talking about continually moving a person closer to Jesus, regardless of their present spiritual status. It's important to remember that we're talking about making disciples of people you already have a relationship with. We aren't talking about going door to door and inviting people to your church. This isn't about making cold calls, trying to get Bible studies. Now, those are good things to do and they're important, but that's not what this is about. In this Disciple Makers Intensive, we'll help you make disciples out of the people you already have a relationship with. So let's talk a minute about relationships. When we think of someone we have a relationship with, we immediately think of family, our brothers and sisters, moms, husbands, wives, children, boyfriends, girlfriends, our cousins. And when we say someone you have a relationship with, we aren't limiting disciple making to just the people who live in your house or who share your last name but you have many different relationships that extend far beyond the group of folks who share your DNA. Now, one of your highest priorities has got to be making sure that your family is loving and following Jesus, and we will talk about that. But you have many different relationships with lots of different people, like the people you work with. You know what they eat for lunch. You know their kids' names and where they went on vacation. And what about the kids that you go to school with or the kids that go to school with your kids? 
or the parents of the kids who go to school with your kids. You know some of those folks better than you know your own cousins. And what about the waiter you ask for every time you eat at your favorite restaurant? What about the guy who mows your lawn? Or the mailman, the FedEx lady, the guy at the car wash, the woman who runs the daycare, your next door neighbor. You have relationships with all of these people. So here's kind of a back pocket network definition of relationship. You have a relationship with someone when you see them so often that if you bumped into them at Walmart, it would feel awkward if you didn't speak to them. Even though it might be distant and shallow, you already have relationships with many people. And it is those people that you have the best chance to influence and disciple. As we begin the work of network, we want to identify those people within your circle of influence. And once we identify them, you will begin looking for opportunities to move them closer and closer to Jesus. So, what is your circle of influence and just who is in it? The idea of having a circle of influence is taken from the familiar illustration of the ripple effect that's created when someone tosses a rock into the center of a pool of water. The water makes a splash where it first hits the water and it creates a strong, small inner circle that is visible on the surface of the water. Increasingly larger circles radiate out from that inner circle until they reach the edge of the pool and fade away. Your circle of influence is like the ripples the rock makes. The small inner circle represents those closest to you, the ones whose lives you affect the most, your wife, your children, your sisters, your grandparents, your closest life friend. These are the people who know the most about you. These are the ones that you can't hide your feelings or emotions from. They are who you trust most with your life. These are the folks that you'd die for and who would die for you. The people in your inner circle are the ones you're going to call first when the doctor says your wife's disease is terminal. They're the ones you talk to when your boss wants you to take a job a thousand miles away. They're the ones who you think about the most when you're considering going away to college. When you create your circle of influence, you start with these whose lives are the most affected by the choices that you make. Now beyond that small inner circle comes a little bit larger circle, but it's still small when you compare it to the circles that are still to come. In this circle are the folks you are close to and you know them well, but you don't tell them everything. These are your extended family, people you go to church with, folks that you grew up with, but not people you share your deepest hurts and private dreams with, yet they're close enough that you'd probably drop everything to run to help them if they were in trouble. Then beyond them is another circle, larger still, and it's people that you see nearly every day. You're on a first name basis with them, but you don't feel obligated to buy them a Christmas or birthday present. You work with them or they live down the street or they rotate the tires and change the oil in your pickup truck. You know things about their family and you've probably met their kids or parents, but you are still a little nervous when you knock on their front door. And beyond that is still a larger circle and it's people that you see often enough to know their names and recognize their faces, but that's about it. 
They might come once a month to your office and shred the confidential documents, or they might have sold you your life insurance policy. It could even include that police officer that takes her lunch at the same time and place you do every Friday. These circles keep going and going. And as the circles move further and further away from the center, they include more people, but the closeness of the relationship gets weaker. The first step in network is to identify who those people are so that this is not an impersonal process, but one that is centered around real people whose names and faces you know well, people with whom you already have an established relationship. So right here at the beginning, it's important that you take the time to identify the people on each of those circles in your life. Who sits in that close inner circle? What about the next group? Who are the people that you see most often? As you identify each person, highlight the ones that you communicate with the most. While it's possible to make a disciple of someone who lives far away, it usually works better to introduce them to a disciple maker you trust who lives close to them. Jesus chose 12 that he could spend time with and who could be close enough to watch his every move. You're looking for people you can influence in much the same way. As you make your list, here are a few other things to consider. You might even grab a few different colors of highlighters and color code the names that you write down based on these questions. First, who frequently asks you for advice? Who has asked you to pray for them or to pray for a special need that they had? Who's asked you questions about the Bible? Who told you that you have a great family, that you're lucky to have a good marriage or great parents? These people need to be on your list because they have already demonstrated that they have seen something in your life that they admire or need. Now, you never write anyone off. If disciple makers did that, the Apostle Paul would have never been connected to the church. So don't ignore anyone. But as you are making this list, you are especially looking for those who have already demonstrated kindness and an openness toward you. If you want to reach somebody you've met but haven't established a relationship with them yet, start now to build that relationship. You can create a special building a relationship category on your list for those. At first, don't worry about how many people are on your list. You will narrow it down as you go, but it's good to cast as wide a net as possible when you first start. Some people process this much better by creating a simple list instead of trying to think through all the ripples and circles that I've been talking to you about. But whatever works for you is fine. Our brains don't all operate alike. We're using the ripples and circles to help you see that your circle of influence probably touches many more lives and reaches further than you thought when you first started this little exercise. But there aren't any hard and fast rules on how to create your list. Just put it together the way that it makes sense and is most meaningful for you so that you will use it every day. I still write most things down, but most of our younger disciple makers will probably create a digital list on their phone or tablet, and that's fine. The only important rule here 
is that you must connect real names and real faces to your disciple-making plan. Whether you create that list on paper or electronically really doesn't matter. Now, your list is never going to be perfect, but that's not the goal. There'll be some people that you forget to put on the list at first. And as you review it, you'll find there are some names that you wrote down that later on you'll erase or move off. And that's how it's supposed to work. Your list becomes a tool that is ever-changing based on many different things, most of which we'll discuss in future lessons. But once you're satisfied with your list, you'll need to filter it down. Or if you prefer, just use this master list to create four smaller and separate lists. Remember, Jesus ministered to hundreds of people, but he focused most of his attention on only 12. The main reason we chose to begin Network by having you identify your circle of influence is so that you have time over the next few weeks to think and to pray about all the people in your circle. But by the time we're finished with our final session, you'll have identified the one person you'll be focusing most of your attention on. You'll also have a short list of three to five people that you are giving the next level of care. And then you'll have a third list of 10 to 15 people that you pray over every day and whose lives you observe and occasionally touch to see if they need or are open to some special attention. This will give you a group of about 20 people whose lives and actions you are watching and whom, depending on which list they are on, you are taking intentional actions to see if they are ready to be more closely discipled. The fourth list you will make is a list of those people you know or will meet that you want to establish a relationship with so that they might eventually be on one of your other three lists. Now, don't worry, I know this sounds like a lot of work, but if you'll stay with us, you'll find that it's not nearly as difficult and time-consuming as you're thinking right now. We'll help you with each step. The only list you need to work on right now is your circle of influence list. We'll help you identify those to add to your three other lists later on. But for this week, just keep working your list until you've got a good starting place. Remember, it's always going to be a work in progress. People will move in and out of your circle of influence, and they'll force you to modify your list. That's just how life is. You may find yourself adjusting your list a couple of times each month. So don't worry about trying to get it perfect. Your list is just a tool to keep you on track. Remember, disciple-making is personal. It's not praying and then dialing a random cell phone number and inviting whoever answers to church. This is personalized and it's intentional. So let's recap the highlights from this session. First, you can only disciple someone you have a relationship with. So building relationships is an essential skill. Disciple-making is about familiar faces. Start by taking inventory of those you've already started building relationships with. Secondly, when we talk about disciple-making, we mean to continually move someone you have a relationship with closer and closer to becoming like Jesus. And third, you need a list. The list will keep the names and faces of those you're discipling on your mind and in your heart. This list will be an active part of your prayer time. So this week's task is to create your circle of influence list. 
using the ripple illustration we discussed, identify as many people as you can that you have a relationship with. Categorize them based on how close and how strong your relationship is with them. Note those who've already indicated that they trust or admire you based on questions they've asked or statements they've made to you. Keep this list close and review it as you pray. In the coming weeks, you'll be moving people on and off the list, and you'll eventually have four additional small lists that will determine where you focus the majority of your disciple-making efforts. This list will become your most important tool, so make sure that you take the time you need to produce a quality list. And that's it. Thanks for joining us and being part of this Disciple Maker Intensive. That was great information we got today from Brother Ellensworth. Who's in your circle? As we begin to close out this episode today, I just want to leave us with this. Relationship is the building block of who's in your circle. The relationships you build, the relationships you have, dictate who the people are that are going to be in your circle. The people that God has placed in this certain season or this certain time in your life so you can be the voice of God, so you can be what leads them and guides them one step closer to being with God. So I challenge you today, take that extra step, go that extra mile to reach for that person, to reach for them people that are in your group so you can be the one, so you can be the voice of God, you can be the light in their life that shows them the love of God, that shows them the grace and the mercy that God provides. Cast your nets and be fisher of men. We'll see you next time.